Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics, such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OK Sis. My name is Mads. My name is Scout. And uh, we've been on a podcast marathon, if I've ever heard of one. We are podcasting the shit out. I don't think that's a full sentence and I think there's supposed to come something after that, but I don't really know because I'm, I'm a little, I'm a tired. I'm just going to admit we're it. We're tired. We're a tired bunch, but you know what? We are here to deliver. Is it Monday? Fuck. Well, yeah, it's Monday, baby. Wow, TGIM. TGIM. Okay. We are here to deliver quite the content, quite the episode. Do you want to debrief the sisterhood? Yes. So this episode is all about astrological charts. So we had Natalie Holbrook on. She is an incredible astrologer. She has a podcast. You have to follow her on Instagram. And she read both me and Mad's astrological charts. And then... And she talked about how they overlap and how they correspond to one another as sisters. Yes. Which you will see, one, we uncover some things that we believe Maddie is about to experience this year, which is really exciting. And then we uncovered my, I suppose, biggest challenge thing that I got to navigate through life when it comes to friendships, which will not be a surprise to you all because I talked to you about how much I hate it when people text me. And then we really were confirming what it is in our relationship that we have to work on or the things that aren't aligned or not alignment. So there's a lot, this is information heavy. It, it yes. might feel like a new language because in many, many ways it is, yeah. but I urge you to stay concentrated on the lessons that come from each house because Natalie yeah. is such a fucking wealth of knowledge that when she talks, especially if you're not familiar with astrology, it can seem overwhelming, but really, really focus in on the traits, what the human challenges and experiences are coming through that she's talking about, because I think that's really where the magic is in this episode. A hundred percent. She was such a gem and... I think both of us have been a little like ignorant in the astrology world totally. sphere. So this was a really great like, let's fucking dive deep in the deep end. And we just got it, you know, we got it washed all over us. So oh, there we go. So that sisters, was that analogy. That, not a great one. Sisters, you can follow Natalie on Instagram at Rise with Natalie if you want any astrological readings, etc. We'll put everything um, in the show notes as well. Yeah. You know what? Enjoy this one. This one is this one's a this one's a wild ride. There oh, is a, yeah, baby. We go all over the place as per usual, but getting your astrological chart read live on a podcast is definitely a new experience for the two of us. Check. So enjoy. Hi, you guys. Hi. Hello, beautiful. Hello. Oh my God. We are so excited that you are here. I'm so excited because this is the second little astrology reading that I'm getting from Natalie this month. Ooh. Mads is going to be opened up to the magic of astrology. And yeah, I'm so excited. So excited. Okay, Okay, so how do we want to structure this? You have our birthdays. You know the whole thing. Why don't you just like tell us who we are? Okay. (laughs) Maddie's like, who am I? Can you you answer my lifelong quest? Based on the stars. Listen, Maddie, I understand that you might be confused because you have your Saturn in Pisces, which is the placement for existential crisis. So... Oh shit. Oh shit. Why? Okay. Like literally we do these readings and it's just like 
they see through Mads so perfectly. I know. It's like a little scary. I'm like so in tune with, you know. I'm like, can someone see through me a little more? You know what I mean? Okay, go. She's a little more complex. I'll see through you. I'll just wait till I get to you. I'll see through you too. <laughs> okay, love. You you take over. You tell us what's going on. Your wish is my command. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I think that a really fun place to start for everybody with astrology is to look at your moon placement first because the moon is our emotions. The moon is the deepest part of the core of you. Also, I think it's really funny that all three of us are wearing black and the moon just went into Scorpio today. Mm. <laughs> Wait, what does that mean though? Scorpio is where it's like the darkness. It's where we go, where we're scared. It's kind of like thinking about the worst case scenario, but Scorpio is also about going into that darkness so that you can then reform, you know, so that you have to go through the turbulence or you have to go through the death cycle to then come out and see the light. And so the moon enters into a new sign every two and a half days. So that's why we fluctuate emotions so much. And a lot of people don't realize this. They're like, oh, I'm fine all the time. It's like, no, you're actually not supposed to be okay all the time. You're supposed to literally feel a different way every single day than put being a woman and hormonal on top of that. And it's like, what do we got? Uh, I know. It's a whole fucked up uh, mishmash of things. Wait, no, no, it's an honor. It's an honor. honor. It's an honor. It's an honor. So with the moon in Scorpio today, does that mean that the next two and a half days is like that? Because that's been my past two and a half days. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be the next two and a half days, but for you specifically, so I want to actually, I wonder if I can, well, I guess I can't share my screen, but it's, it's always fun to be able to see this, but for you, whenever the moon is in Libra or in Virgo, so basically five days before the moon is in Scorpio, it goes through your subconscious house. And so this is the subconscious house that for anybody, basically you take what your rising sign is. So for you, Scout, you're a Libra rising. So when the moon is in Virgo, you're going to have kind of a tough two and a half days because we're in this placement of like, who am I? It's this gestation period. And you might feel a little bit exhausted. You might be emotional. So this happens for everybody. So then for Maddie, because you're a Taurus rising whenever the moon is in Aries, that's when you would be feeling like this. So it's really good just to kind of note for yourself, like I'm a Leo rising. So I know when the moon is in cancer, I don't like to book things. I like to make sure I have just like chill time or me time because you're just kind of maybe going to be sad or something might happen where you're like, I just have no energy and you have no reason for it. Yeah. Except for that is in your 12th house. I was very emotional and sad and it lifted yesterday morning. Yeah. The moon moved into your first house, which is how the world sees you. And it's kind of like your physical body. So maybe even if you were having any type of like physical symptoms or pains where there's kind of like mysterious things going on. It's like, we don't know what's going on beneath the surface. That's usually always when the moon is going through the 12th house because the 12th house, there's a whole book about it called your secret self. It's this area of secrets. It's like this area where we have to almost go and retreat. We have to get away. And it's actually really good for being creative though, because when you're sad, a lot of creativity can be birthed from that. You're like, I have to do something about this. Like I'm either going to a just lay in bed or I could actually channel something with this. I know personally, if I'm sad, I can actually write really good songs when I'm sad, mm-hmm. or I can sing. And that's something that like makes me feel better because it takes me, it takes me deeper into the motion, but it helps to move it out. Mm. 
We're always about sitting in the discomfort and moving through. And it feels like astrology, you just have the these patterns and methods in place that you can tap into in order to move through with your energy. Because I think... It's like the luteal phase, you know? It's like a luteal... Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that's just a tiny little tidbit. I love telling people about the moon and how to work with it because that way you can at least start to track on your own. Okay. This is a good day for me to do this type of thing, or I shouldn't book something for this. So just for the two of you guys, you guys can always know, okay, so Maddie, you know, when the moon is in Aries, that's your time to chill a little. And for you, Scout, when it's in Virgo, like relax a little too. Okay. Your natal moon. So whenever I say natal, that means that it is where it was when you were born. So um, we'll start with Scout since you're the oldest. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Scout, you have a moon in Capricorn. And so if we think about the moon being our needs, our emotions, it's also our relationship to women and even to our mother, then that is your moon. Capricorn is all about work. It's about business. It's about getting shit done. It's really about how... Am I going to be remembered in the world? What is my legacy? And it also has this very, very deep wisdom within it. My favorite analogy of Capricorn is like the, the grandmother oak tree from Pocahontas, where it's just like, you know, now it's like kind of stern, but it still has this like deep capacity for love. And it has this earth wisdom to it, you know, where sometimes you're like, I just know this thing and I don't have an explanation for it, but I just know it. So with that being your moon, that also would look at how your relationship is to other women. So we can usually guess what type of friendships you have also based upon your moon sign. So we could say that you might get along really well with other people who maybe also are the oldest child and maybe who also are entrepreneurs. I know for sure that you have that as your friendships and other people who are kind of, you know, somehow building their way up to either the top quote unquote, or they're building their own legacy. They're doing something to truly make an imprint on the world. If you think about Capricorn, it's the sign of the mountain goat and the mountain goats, they're just scaling the mountain all the time. Have you guys seen mountain goats? No, but my like, dog gosh. acts like a mountain goat all the time. Like he's climbing mountains or how? She like jumps on the top of the couch and me and Adam just call her a little mountain goat. Cause she like jumps up like the mountain goats do. And then is she like super proud and like looking around yes. like I just and surveying and surveying the territory. Yes. Yes. Amazing. No, I remember a few or yeah, a couple years ago, I did an Instagram post about all of like what a mountain goat looks like. And it is insane because they will just be standing there sideways on the mountain. And you're like, how are you doing this? Like they're like front on, but they're on the mountain still. And that is so Capricorn because everyone's like, how did they do this? You're this old or you have this much time and you accomplished all of this. So that's that Capricorn magic. Now to look at your relationship with your mom, and it's interesting to always look at children and their relationships to their mom, because you guys both have different moons, but we could see how you would view her. Oh. Like, would you say that your relationship to your mom is where there's maybe this like sternness at all? Maybe she inspires you with work or maybe she's helped you in any sense. Like, how could that be like a Capricorn type of relationship? Where I can't believe she's done something or I've seen something and I can't believe she's done it. Yeah. Or that, yeah. Like she would somehow embody that from your perspective. Something I cannot say publicly, but I would say in a cryptic way. So Maddie can understand the way my mother was able to reinvent her life at such a late age. Mm -hmm. 
is mm-hmm. is really inspiring to me, even though that comes with some emotional history as to how she did that. So it's but it's always been something like, wow, she went from being a housewife who picked us up and took us to after curriculars to coming up with this new technology and launching her own business and living a completely different lifestyle than she was when she raised us. And I think that's that's always been very inspiring to me. Wow, that's really cool. And you know, the thing about Capricorn and Taurus, especially because they're these earth signs, Taurus is a sign that moves slow. For me, I'm a Taurus sun. And sometimes in my life, I'm like, oh my gosh, when is this thing going to happen? Or why am I this age? It hasn't happened yet. Or I'm here and I'm over here. And sometimes that can breed a lot of like really negative comparison, right? But that's also the path for Taurus because it's the bull. It's like, you have to go slow. Now Capricorn, the archetype of it. So it's the mountain goat archetype, but there's also this archetype of it being like this old grandma or grandpa who's like, I used to walk 20 miles in the snow and, you know, and it, has this like, you have to wait or you have to work really hard for good things to happen. So that would even make sense too, that it was like, it took your mom more time or that she did this thing in a later part of her life. And that that's how you experience and see that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And she kind of has that. I mean, I think about her grandma and grandpa when I think of that vibe, but she really took after them too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So interesting. Okay. So Maddie, so then your moon. So now what I love about your guys' charts, and I'll talk about this after, is that you guys have opposing moons. And so whenever we have opposing moons, (laughs) yes, they're in the opposite sign. So you guys, it's like your polar opposites in the terms of your needs. However, there's this sense of completion when you come together because opposites attract. And it's like, yes, one of you is like, I want red and I want green, or I say yes. And I say no. But then it's also like, but you're the only one who really gets me at the same time, you know? Mm. So there's a lot of that with that polarity comes this beautiful manifestation of completion. So with um, Scout being a Capricorn and Capricorn is also the sign of the father or it's more of this masculine sign. And then Maddie, yours is in Cancer, which is of the mother. And it's way more emotional. It's very, well, actually they're both very emotional. However, Cancer is maybe going to be a little bit more emotional up front, whereas the Capricorn might hide their emotions. And so cancer energy is all about being, you know, extremely maternal. It's about being very nourishing. It wants to give a lot of love and it has a lot of feels, you know, like it's really like I have to express every single thing because I feel it but you have to be really careful of who you express that to. Because if we think about the archetype of the crab, it's like, Hmm, do I really want to come out of my shell? Do I really want to, you know, share this piece of me? Do I feel safe? So safety is very, very important for you. And, you know, cancer also, if you think about the water, like water element in general, it's like, there's just so many ways that it can go. You could be floating one day. You're like, I feel amazing. And then like an hour later, you're at the bottom of the ocean. And so there is this roller coaster there that is cancer, but it also, it's like, well, how do I take care of myself? And a lot of times you have to go through a process of even learning how to reparent or to remother yourself. And that's very, very common for cancer moons because you experience something where it's like, okay, this is my, my family situation, but what is it that I want to do so that I get to kind of be my own mother, not to say that whatever your mom did was wrong or whatever, but there's this big piece and journey within the cancer path 
of being able to be that for yourself. It also shows that you might love the home. You might love anything that happens under, you know, or within the four walls and under the roof that you might love sleeping or you love just being cozy and cuddling and cooking, maybe interior design, you know, all of the things that are really like, what is it underneath this roof that I get to indulge in and that you kind of, you want to feel at home. Okay. So a couple things, one, definitely the like emotional roller coaster cozy vibes. That's like for sure me. The one thing I don't feel is the maternal or the nourishing. Like that is like, I thought you were talking about me. Yeah. Like that's not me at all. So that's, that's what's so fascinating is like, I know that it's obviously not going to be like to a T, but it's, or it's not just your moon. Yeah, exactly. But it's fascinating because like, I definitely feel the like cozy homebody, definitely emotions, definitely also wanting to feel safe, like not wanting, wanting to, to be show everyone. Yeah. Wanting to feel safe, protect my energy, protect, you know, fear of judgment, fear of shame, like protect all that. But yeah, the, the maternal part is what's definitely I think off. it's I think it's on, it, it's locked in you you know what I mean like one day it's just gonna fucking come out because we on the last episode had an intuitive coach and it was really talking about how Maddie has a block when it comes to expressing that emotional side so we were talking about removing that block and when you remove that block Mads the maternal side might come out really strong I mean I think that's what's gonna happen here whoa but I'm a Capricorn moon to the fucking T so yeah, absolutely. And I pulled up your chart just by itself so I could see all of the aspects. So aspects are how the planets talk to one another. So we have the placement where it's like, okay, yes, you're a Cancer, Moon, and Sun, and they're also pretty close to each other. Are you in a relationship right now? Yes. And have you been with the same person for a while? Yeah, six years. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So, so I asked that because you have your sun and your moon right next to each other. And typically whenever people have their sun and their moon right next to each other is that it's very easy for you to get into a relationship and to stay in a relationship because this actually shows that even though for a lot of cancers, you know, they're like, Oh, do I come out of the shell? Because of your particular configuration here, it's actually pretty easy for you to wear your heart on your sleeve. Yes, of course, there's places where you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to say that. But then once you got past that, you jumped over that, you quantum leaped, then you were like, actually, I'm cool. This is who I am. And it's in the third house, which is the house of community of friends. And so once you were able to know that you had the community support or the friendship support and really got that confidence in being who you were, you were able to speak onto these things and then, you know, able to kind of show truly who you are, like show and embody that piece of your moon on the outside. And I definitely agree that there is going to be something happening. I think that within your solar, or I mean, your Saturn return, that there's going to be this cracking open where that maternal side is going to come up for sure. Okay, talk to what what happens during the Saturn return. Like, why is that such a pivotal moment in women's and I guess human life? Yeah, yeah, all beings, dogs. Wow. <laughs> yes, at anyone who lives to twenty eight to thirty two years old. Yes, houses, honestly. So we take Saturn, the planet, as to where it was in the sky when you were born. So for you, it was in Pisces. For Scout, it was in Aquarius. And then when Saturn is in the sky above us and it comes around exactly to that same point, that's what the literal Saturn return is. So it's like Saturn is coming back to where it was. So 
the another like super example is like when you have your birthday every year, it's the solar return. So the sun comes up to the exact same spot that it was before. So when this happens, it means that there's this explosion, this like huge combustion of all of Saturn energy. And Saturn is about tough decisions, tough love. It's about, you know, that pivotal point in the road of you're either going to go this way and you're going to thrive, or you're going to go this way and you're going to have a really hard time, but there's going to be this like, intermixing of both it's not just like this is great this is bad but every choice that you do make is going to lead you down a different path and this is kind of one of those most pivotal points of your life between the ages of 28 to 32 because everything somehow changes you're going to have experiences that are going to shape you forever you know and if we look at just statistically this is usually when people get married or they have children or so many people will switch careers or they have just these massive experiences. Maybe they experience a death or, you know, anything that is traumatic or that is also really great. It's this combination of both. Yeah, because you've been talking a lot about how every decision feels so life or so death. heavy. Yeah. Even though they're like not even that big of de- like they're big decisions, but they're not like huge but I just feel this like weight of them yeah because I think I I emerged from my Saturn return I feel like last year and I think Mm -hmm. that's preparing me for some more life changes but I think that like transformative everything felt good or bad and important that already I think I'm good (laughs) she's like I'm good I did it we're good we're we're over the hump I mean, I sometimes feel like it it can really vary per person because, and I always like to say until like 32, sometimes even 33 for some people, because it's this like trickling off effect, you know, where Saturn could sometimes be like, actually, we're not fully done yet here. Yeah. Okay, fine. Actually, we're probably not fully done here for a couple of years, probably. But I feel as if the, I feel as if now I'm I'm stronger in the Saturn return, if that makes sense. Like I'm equipped, I'm ready to go. Absolutely. And I love that because that's kind of what it essentially does for the first couple of years is it's helping you to build your, your armor. It's really teaching you. These are the protective mechanisms that I need to have for my own energy. And, you know, Saturn, it's kind of like, if you take a piece of coal, the only way that you can get that diamond out of it is by putting pressure onto it. And that's exactly what Saturn does is it puts this intense pressure on you so that you feel like, oh my gosh, I have to do this thing right away. So that then you do turn into this diamond, or at least we start dusting off, you know, the ashes from the diamond and you start to shine and thrive and really know who you are. Mm, Yeah. That's you're in it for sure. I'm in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So this is interesting. I think we should also just ask, because you also have this moon in cancer, would you say that with your mom, was there this experience of her maybe being maternal or nurturing, or was there this piece of, um, you know, cancer can also be very emotive. It's extremely emotions driven, right? So that can sometimes even be this like hot and cold energy as well. Yeah. Well, so I think my mother was very, very nurturing and loving and gave me a lot of attention. I would say I was probably the hot and cold one to her rather than, but she was always a stable, like loving, nurturing force. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's like exactly what cancer would be is like having that. Cause that's kind of like the ideal. Right. And a lot of times, for example, I have two younger sisters and we all had very different experiences of my mom based upon yeah, our moon. We have very, very different 
very different say, yeah, yeah, very totally opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And that would make sense because of your opposition. Yeah. Right. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just the moon. And, you know, that's then, you know, just the moon. <laughs> that's all, folks. That's just the moon. That's just the moon. Wait, Natalie, do you want to share your screen? I know, obviously, the people, the sisterhood, hello, sisters, can't see it. But I think it would be really helpful oh, for yeah. Maddie to see it. Okay. Hold on. Yes. Okay, here we go. Makes it more fun when you can see. Ooh, okay. Ooh, 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 oh, wow. Yeah. It adds some of the magic. Okay, so let me come back to, well, so since we have your chart pulled up, Maddie, so we can see that, you know, this right here, this first house, well, well to kind of start at the, the beginning, a very good place to start. This is where, you know, all of these triangles, these are called houses, and the houses represent different areas of your life. Now, these little, what are called glyphs here, or the symbols, are the planets, and the planets all have different energies to them. So when we have a planet within a house, it means that we're going to have a focus on whatever that planet represents in an area of our lives. So you can see that you have, you know, a lot happening over here. You've got a lot going on over here. You're actually very well balanced. And just because we have an empty house doesn't mean that you don't have energy there. It just means that your soul said, I want to focus more on, you know, these parts so you have a lot of energy in the seventh house and the seventh house is about relationships and it's about one-on-one. -on -one, it's about conversations. Podcasting actually definitely falls into this house. You know, anything that is about how do we relate to one another and then what is the deeper meaning of these relationships because you have this in Scorpio and Scorpio is all about going into the depth, you know, and it's like, how do we transcend by these experiences that are really emotional or that may be really taxing for us and how do we alchemize and and bring mysticism and magic and fun and it's also extremely sexual because that's very fun too right <laughs> so we bring all of this out she just went off her IUD, so say, we'll confirm that soon. Yeah, I was gonna say the sexual we're we're uh, we're low libido the past couple years, but that's probably because of the IUD. Yeah. So we yeah. need to. Well, when I when we'll, I went off the IUD, it was like. <laughs> oh yeah. When you get that IUD out, girl, you're gonna be like a new woman. <laughs> I know. Honestly. I know. I'm waiting. I'm excited. One of the most surprising side effects of postpartum for me was that my hair started shedding right around the crown of my head. Now I have these random baby hairs sticking out near my forehead that I just can't figure out what to do with. Yeah, I keep asking you to tame those down, but they seem to be very stubborn. Yes, I know, Mads. After a few months of me not seeing improved hair growth, I knew I needed to give my hair some extra strength and support. Enter Nutrafol. I just got the Nutrafol's postpartum supplement and I'm so excited because I'm committed to supporting my hair health now that I'm postpartum. The next six months is going to be me and Nutrafol. I might not be a mother like Scoutala is, but as you sisters know, we are always on a hair journey here on OK Sister Podcast. I am always looking for a way to up my hair health game. I love Nutrafol because they have a whole body approach, multi-targets, underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker and stronger hair. 
While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code OKSIS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com promo code OKSIS. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Yeah, because with all of this Scorpio energy, you know, Scorpio, it's so much about the sexuality because it's a part of how it expresses its love. Like it really wants to relate to other people or to its partner, (laughs) not just everybody in the world, but to its partner through this is how, you know, I'm giving my body to you. We are sharing our bodies in this experience. And it's this almost like this deep sacrificial feeling, but it's beautiful because it's the merging of two souls through the exterior layer of our two bodies, right? And so it's it's almost like when people have this much Scorpio, especially you have Jupiter, which is the planet of expansion, your North node, which is a part of your destiny. So you definitely had to learn about your body. You had to learn about pleasure and about what actually feels good, what is healthy for your body for it to thrive, for you to be able to come into this destiny piece here, which is actually gonna be 
very strongly activated for you um, this particular year. And then Pluto, which is the planet of death and rebirth. So it's like you have these experiences that do feel like these intense transformations so that you can then come into this higher version of yourself, of your sexuality. It's very much of this Kundalini kind of like Shakti rising that you will go through. And I think that also once you, um, do you have the IUD out already? Yeah. We're just okay. waiting for her cycle to come back. We're, we're all waiting. With I'm, wait, I'm waiting every day. I text her. The whole her. sisterhood is waiting. I literally text her. I'm like, have you bled yet? Because we're waiting. For we're waiting. Kick in. We're waiting. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure there's like some rituals, too. I'll, I'll send you some oh, later. Yes. We should do uh, <laughs> She's sleeping like a little over. ceremony. This, she's staying at my house all weekend. We should totally we do that. Do yeah, I'll do yeah. a ceremony. She'll laugh the whole way and I'll be serious. And then she'll bleed because of me. <laughs> Well, no, honestly, and once you once you have that bleed, and honestly, when you step into this deeper level of mysticism, because it's in you, and it's it's gonna like it's really gonna it's gonna pop. <laughs> all right, I'm ready. All of this cancer energy of the nurturing of this kind of mama sense of being is also going to emerge. It's like because of the IUD, it's almost like that sense of femininity and motherhood has been absent, right? And so then once that bleed comes back you're really going to be shedding so many layers of yourself. It's so energetic. It's so beautiful that you're going to be this, like literally a new woman, like your cells, your, your luteal linings, all of that are going to be recalibrated. That happened to me. It's this actually might be the block that we need. Like the block. No, the like, IUD no, seriously, my, seriously, seriously, because when I went off my IUD, I never felt more connected to my femininity, my soul, my like the lineage, the everything. I felt so connected to womanhood that it changed my perspective about who I am. It changed my my perspective around my sensuality, about yeah. sexual pleasure, about what my body's capable of. It was a complete transformation. And so I think the IUD out is this is this is all gonna come through this year for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know even in the current transits, so like what's going on right now is that we have, so the transits are what's going on in the world right now. And so when we look at this, oh, this is almost exact. So it's almost like with everything that you're going through, if we speak karmically, and I love bringing past lives into this because I think that astrology is this really beautiful window into our past lives, is that we can look at the South node and the South node represents our past, represents where we came from. So you in your past life, you have been this Taurus energy before, which can be very stubborn. It's very creative. It is very, you know, it also loves the home. It loves finer things. It loves the nice things. It loves to cook. It loves just being, you know, it's really chill. Like it, it's very similar to cancer in the sense that they both love to sleep. <laughs> And this is where so funny about loving to sleep because I've heard that before about cancer and I don't I'm not a big obsessive sleeper, but, but you're a big cozy in the home. Person. I'm a big cozy in the home person. Wait, so you're saying Taurus like I have been this before, but these all seem like things I am now as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because it's what you've been before, but you bring this energy into this oh, lifetime. OK, and kind of like this gift of, okay, I get to bring these talents with me, but I'm going to shed the negative parts of it. 
So Taurus, you know, it's very grounded. It's a really good listener. It's really about making other people feel comfortable as well. Like you just love to be comfortable. Like Taurus actually really needs security. And so one of the things that it looks for in life and one of its lessons here is how do I become secure without feeling insecure or without reacting or living from a place of scarcity mindset. So that may be something that I don't know if you've kind of had to deal with or think about, but definitely in your past, you've had that. And so then when we look at which way you're going, you're going north into the direction of Scorpio, which is about stepping into that sexuality, which is stepping into, you know, being interested in, you know, being kind of like a detective, like it really loves research. It loves to pry. It wants to know about people's personal lives. It wants to know about what are you feeling? What are you thinking? And because this south node, which is in the sky currently, so it's kind of like the past life for everybody, is moving in the sky or the past, I should say, the past collective energy is where we have to clean things up. So, you know, it's funny because I was even looking on Netflix the other night and there's so many films or documentaries and TV shows right now that are just so focused on either crime or investigations or, you know, like inventing Anna, you know, it's like this whole scheme, right? Or the the Tinder swindler, or let's see, what's the other one? Bad, Bad vegan. vegan. Like, yes, like all of these things where it was all about crimes, but a lot of the times these people were either somehow maybe innocent, somebody got taken advantage of, and it's like how, wow, we really had to go into this, but it keeps us polarized and fixated on it. And so we're going through this clearing of getting all of these stories or these reprogram these programs and we're we're bringing them to the surface to then move them out and say okay and so i think that over the next year or so we're going to have all of these but then we're also going to have this like more heightened enlightenment of more of the higher vibration coming up to the surface and so for you maddie literally in the next month that past collective energy of anything that's been hiding beneath the surface is going to be hitting directly onto your north node, which is this point of you learning lessons and of you stepping into this higher destiny. So I don't know. I think that this bleed could be coming over the next couple of months. I mean, it's for sure coming, but that makes a ton of sense because this time in my life has been a lot about certain decisions, taking steps forward. There's like a lot of like loose ends that need to be tied up. And then within like the next couple months, that's when... I have my own company. I'm a, I'm a tech founder. And so like literally we're planning to launch and to raise money. And like those are like big things that are happening within the like next couple months. So like right now feels this like this like foundational set up preparation period. Exactly. And I love that because everything right now. So I look up here into this this part of your chart because this is where Aquarius is and Aquarius is ruled or rules technology. Oh. And so you have your MC, which is the point in the sky for the way that you do your work. So it makes sense that you work in tech <laughs> and that you also work in communication because Aquarius is about how do we do anything that's through the radio lines or through the, through the TikTok. Exactly. Like we're in the clouds, right? And literally in the clouds. And so right now, especially all of this energy is moving through your house of the career. So it would make sense that it's all there. 
We have Mars moving through, so there's a lot of action. So definitely make sure that you're not burning out because usually whenever this goes through here, this is this energy that you're gonna be really, really amped up and there's gonna be a lot of action going forward, but it can also be a lot of um, overworking or overwhelm, or there can even sometimes be little battles that might be with the other people that you're working with, whether it's your team or maybe it's, you know, someone who that you're, you're contracted with is like, oh, can't do it. Or, you know, there, Mars is this energy of its action, but it's like the Navy SEAL where sometimes it can be also this, this fight that you have to win. But Saturn is moving through your 10th house and Saturn moves through for two and a half years. And so this is where whenever it moves through this area of your life, it wants you to master it. And it wants you to master it by giving you challenges. So you're having the challenges, but you're also here to master that type of thing. So wait, her Saturn is in her career house? During these two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Oh sense. my God, that makes fucking that makes perfect sense. sense. Yeah. Her Because it's your career that's been pushing like all of your fucking, Emotions, every challenge, everything. every challenge, everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's about halfway through because right now Saturn is over here. It's at 21 degrees. It's going to move in. It's going to keep going and going. And then it's going to retrograde. So whenever the planets retrograde, like if you see these degree numbers here, they're moving forward, they're moving counterclockwise, and then they're going to come back when they retrograde because it's like, oh, there's still a little bit more for you to learn here. And it's going to be here until the end of December this year. So it's actually good though to know where your Saturn is. And we'll look at yours next, Scout, because this is going to teach you, okay, this is where I'm here to master this certain area, but I do so because... I have to learn in a difficult or challenging way because that's the only way that we truly learn is when we're faced with some type of adversity about this and we have to rise up. Mm, okay. Is that also why they say Mercury is in retrograde? Exactly. Yeah. So any of the planets, Mercury, Venus, Mercury goes into retrograde and Mercury is actually in retrograde about half of the year. Yeah. And so Whenever it's in retrograde, it just means that things feel backwards because a lot of people, if, if Mercury is in retrograde for half the year, that means that there's tons of people who were born during a Mercury retrograde. So people who were born during a Mercury retrograde actually feel better when Mercury is in retrograde. I think, like, I honestly think that's me. And I want, I, I want to see because every time someone's like, it's Mercury retrograde, I was like, yeah, I'm fucking doing great this week. Wait, like so I'm I, having a good time. Was I what, where was I born? Was I born in Mercury, Mercury? Why can I not say it? Mercury retrograde? Let me pull it up on here. Let's see. I might have to look at it. And whoa, sisters, there is like charts on charts on charts this going down. Like, we can actually like post data it. analysis. We can, we can post this video to the Patreon, I yeah, think. Well, yeah. Maybe we'll do that because this is cool to see. Like maybe a clip just so they can see what you're working with, Natalie. That'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. This program is program you're like an astronomer yeah it's it's epic this is called astro gold so for anybody who loves astrology and wants to get into it this is the best way because you can quickly look to see what's going on but yeah this chart here basically is a quick way for us to see what is squaring each other what's talking to each other this is the list of the planets here and then this talks about what type of aspect they're making and the aspect is shown by whether it's an opposition so this is directly opposing and then we have something called a trine. These are the nice flows of energy. So we could say that, you know, Maddie, for you, because we have your chart up, your ascendant, which is what you're rising into, is actually something that you may have undergone kind of a lot of changes within yourself 
that a lot of people might be like, oh my gosh, five years ago, 10 years ago, obviously three years ago, two years ago, you can kind of make these very smooth, beautiful transitions, but it's like, you can actually have these things happen very quick, but you can deal with them in a calm, grounded way. Does that sound familiar or resonate? Mm, I don't think yet for you. Not, not the calm grounding way, but, but definitely the, the changes for sure. Yeah, like who she was two years ago is yeah, yeah. totally Com- different. Completely different like temperaments. I don't well, know Well, I mean, about- I guess you could say like, for example, a couple years ago, you would not have just started a YouTube channel and been able to easily do that. Sure, sure, sure. And yeah. now you are. And so you're probably focusing on the decisions that you still have to master and challenge that feel out of your control because you very much can do things very quickly and calmly that used to completely fucking take you down a couple a couple years ago okay i see yeah yeah a more a sense of confidence a sense of like just more comfort with with uh mm-hmm. putting myself out there and and risk taking yeah yeah absolutely and the thing too is that if especially maybe there was a time that during these changes if there's like a piece of you that's like i'm okay i'm okay i'm okay and then all of a sudden shit hits the fan and you are like this charging bowl that would make sense too because Taurus is the bowl where everything seems cool from the outside but then really you're like so heated and you're like I want to rip someone's head off I mean yeah that's every day yeah that's her <laughs> yeah that's me. it's like that difference that's between me it's like the difference between the external and the internal a little bit in you yeah yes absolutely so I was just looking on a different app that I have because this one actually doesn't show retrogrades but let's see. So Scout, you were not born during a Mercury retrograde, but I think that you probably do well during them because you have your Mercury in the 12th house. So if we go back to talking about what the 12th house was, where it's this, this sense of things being mysterious or feeling um, kind of like unseen or maybe even sometimes dark, it's almost like you're used to having your Mercury and your thought patterns be a little off compared to what the the normal world would say is normal right oh, you're like 100%. i've had 100 the- yeah. during the pandemic we were all like it's okay to be inside like like, like take care of yourself like everyone we're going through a traumatic time and scott was like everyone like we have all this time like write that book that you wanted to write start your podcast and i was like shut the fuck up like read the room dude i'm just gonna say i launched I started my best-selling book in that period, so. Yeah. But also, like, I have had issues, I don't know if relating to people is the right word, but being on the same empathetic scale of what their emotions are versus what my emotional landscape is, because I've always obviously felt that my emotional landscape is different than other people's. Yeah, and that is 100% this 12th house here, because... So the 12th house, okay, think about this as if you're just going into like a dark jungle and you don't know what it looks like. You don't know where you are, but there's something about it. In the very beginning, people are like, oh my gosh, this is so scary. Like the rest of the world would probably be like, I can't see, where am I? Like I'm freaking out. But this is just where you actually find yourself. This is where you have peace because it's almost like you were raised in that dark jungle. You had to learn from coming out of the womb, essentially, how to find your own way. And, you know, potentially this is also the house for mental health. I know that that's something that you talk about. This is the house for 
going to retreat somewhere, whether that is just in your room or actually moving across the world or going on a, a physical retreat so that you can get away to think and you can process on your own. It's like you have to be able to be away from the outside world for you to be okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. And you have to learn how to take care of yourself in a way that a lot of people do not understand. And that's okay. That's, that's your makeup. The beautiful thing about this house is it is so connected to the divine and to God that, you know, my, I have a, a healer who once was talking to me about boundaries with people and boundaries with yourself. And if you have this inner circle, it's first you and the universe or your higher self or God, whatever you want to call it. And that's just one circle. And then you have the next circle that would be like your family, your chosen family, your closest friends. And it's a really small group of people, maybe four or five people. You have that. And then you have the next, which is like people who are close to you and you love them, but you don't talk all the time. And you have that. And then you have, it keeps going out and out and out until people who are acquaintances, people you don't know, people on the street, whatever. The 12th house is all about that circle is you and the universe or you and divine. And so it's like you expand in all of this. You thrive in this. When you are working behind the scenes is when you're also doing the best. You know, you're not necessarily here to be the star, but you can be the star behind the scenes or even behind, it could be behind a camera or behind a microphone, but is it going to be the person that's in the room talking to every single person and lighting it up? No. You know, and it's so true because I grew up doing theater and I was the star and then Scout was the one behind the scenes. No, I was also in theater. Just nobody fucking picked me for a role. So I was in the fucking ensemble every day of my life. OK, there's a difference. But I it is literally true. drove you to your fucking music classes. And I sat outside and waited. Do you I don't know what my therapist told me to do? Because I was so angry I had to do this. He said, you should drive her somewhere and have her wait in the car for an hour while you do something just to show her. Oh that, my God. Yeah, he wasn't a great therapist at all. <laughs> he talked about himself for like 30 minutes and then he asked how I was doing. He wasn't a great yeah, situation. He wasn't a great uh, therapist. No, but I, I really see that in you. The like quiet, determined worker. There's this like- I'm a very big and It's introvert. quiet. It's like, it's never this like, in, there's an intensity, but it's this understated and it's like within. It's, it's not yeah. like, oh, look at me. Look at everything. You know, that that's yeah. so true. It's I'm a, everything you said is, is extremely on point. The fact that I emotionally feel like I have a different landscape than others, that I have a very direct relationship to God, that I need a lot of alone time. I need a lot of alone time. Mm -hmm. That all is very much me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's where you shine because you have your son in the 12th house. So it's like you shine when you get to be alone. So a lot of people want to be like, what does that mean? But it's like, well, it's what you create when you're alone or it's how you recuperate when you are alone. And then because you have your mercury here, that's where your thoughts are, where, where, you know, you might have it taken, it could have taken you a while to learn how to reprogram your thoughts or to make friends with your mind. Because sometimes this can be, a, it can be like that dark jungle or a dark hole that your mind could just be constantly thinking these things and it could be negative. And so probably anything having to do with meditation or affirmations or really working with what is this process that I want to create for myself. And then because you have Jupiter, this expansion here, you expand in this and Virgo 
is a writer. You know, Virgo is ruled by Mercury, both Gemini and, and Virgo. And so these signs, if anybody has their sun, moon or rising in them, it's like you were born to bring this message to the world. And for you, it makes you a very clear channel for writing, for creating that message. I remember when we talked about this, when we did this for your agency, you said it was like that book just came right through. Yeah. Wait, so what's the 12th house again? What does it symbolize? So it's about being alone. It's about going into the depths of your mind. Mm. It's mental health. It's retreating. Look, it's like my, it's fucking filled. Yeah, it's like everything's pointing to it. Everything's pointing to the 12th. Like that is, everything you said is just me. Like sometimes I'm like, why are people talking to me? Like, why are they talking to me right now? Like, why are these people calling me? Why do people want to fucking talk to me? Why do they want to come over? Why do they invite me to this thing? It's like... But then I isolate and I'm like, I should go out. And then I go out and I'm like, nope, wasn't the answer. (laughs) Okay. It's so funny you said that because I was going to ask you if you have that dilemma because you're a Libra rising and Libra is the sign of relationships. It's the sign of going and socializing. It's the sign of like, oh my God, let's go have fun. Let's do this. And they want to hang out with you all the time. And then, so you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be this. I should be this. I'm learning how to be this. You're learning how to be this. Our rising sign is what we're rising into. It's what we're learning how to be. And then you're like, actually, no, I hate this. Yes, right? Because how many, my dilemma is that for someone who is so antisocial and such an introvert, I have so many friends and so many text messages well, and everyone a, wants to talk to me and be over. <laughs> everyone it's, it's true. Like, I'm sorry. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a subjective situation. No, it's objective. But it's not just about, I mean, obviously people gravitate towards you because you're like a calming presence and people love you, but you have a people pleasing tendency. So that's where that comes from is that you've given people, you've given, given, given to so many people that it's now coming to this place where it's like, okay, I'm fucking done giving like, yeah. And this actually isn't me because some people can be like that and have a ball and have a, and love it. And and, I feel, and feel energized by that. And I'm this year learning like this actually isn't for me, this, this much social socializing. Absolutely. And you can get really drained because that's the energy of the 12th house is that you can pick up everybody's stuff. So even if you're like, Oh, I can call a friend and I can talk to them and I can hold space. There's only so much capacity that you have for that. Mm -hmm. Even though you want to, you totally, you're like, I want to help. I want to do this. Then you're like, Ooh, I just, I can't because it takes too much away from me. And then that's when you start to feel resentful of doing that. And then also because you have Mars in Libra, Mars is, again, it's that Navy SEAL where it's like part of it does energize you for sure. You're like, oh, I do want to talk to my friends or I do want to do a podcast, right? Or I want to work with people. But then it's like, but then how much is too much where then people are either taking advantage of you or people rely a little bit too heavily on you or you have friends who might even treat you like they're your partner. Like you might have these things to kind of come up because that's a part of the Libra path. The Libra path has to learn how do I deal with relationships in a way that's in balance or in a way that's at least in an integration so that it's not like, okay, I just held space for this person and I said one thing and then I bring it up to them and then they're like, oh, but you did talk. And you're like, wait, what? Oh no, God. I didn't. You talked for 15 minutes and I talked for 10. Yeah, this is me. Are you feeling this? I'm feeling I'm feeling it. This is 100% you. This is 100% me and it makes me so resentful every time because – I do want to do it. I'm like, of course I want to talk to my friend and be there for my friend. And then after I'm like, whoa, that was a lot for me. And now I'm exhausted and I don't know how to cut the energetic ties off between what 
is happening in your world. It, it's it's not that I get enmeshed with what's happening. It's just that it sits in my energy field. It like sits in my aura for a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that the good thing or just kind of the way to deal with it is first of all, to just learn and look back at examples of your life of like, when have you taken on too many people's things? Has it been when there's been something that you are just listening to them or has it been something where you've personally been involved and you had to deal with some type of conflict? Because if it's something about your listening you can even give yourself and be like, okay, I can listen to this person for 30 minutes or something. And you say, and you literally time yourself of like, how much can I give or how much can I take? And, you know, there's a lot of energetic practices. Literally, I would say for you, because you have a Capricorn moon, you need to like give that energy back to the earth. And I say this because Capricorn is an earth sign. So you need to take, let's say that you're listening to somebody and you're like, okay, thank you for sharing. I'm so grateful. But now I take this energy and I literally go to the earth, yeah. like go outside, ground, put your feet in the earth. There's even this shamanic practice that I love where you lay down on the earth and you imagine that you have an irrigation cord coming out of your belly button and you speak any of the problems to the earth. And so you say, thank you, Mama Gaia, for taking this. I release this to you. And I ask to be filled back up with, and then whatever you want, patience, love, energy, being clear and clean, you know, so that it's not yours. And sometimes doing these physical practices, because you have a ton of earth energy will really help you to move it out because, and and I, I feel you on this because I have a lot of earth energy myself. And so sometimes people are like, you're so grounded. You're so calm. You're so chill. I can tell you everything. And then you're like, yeah, but it's like, we're also like that tree where then we hold on to it. So we have to move that stagnation out and shake it off and you know maybe like dancing or something physical exercising really gets it out and you can even say it out loud while you're moving like i release this thing this is not mine and then instead say what you are or what you want to feel yeah this i think the libra if this is what the libra has to figure out in this lifetime i think this is one of my biggest challenges as far as me relating to the world like how do i navigate my friendships and my relationships and my social life because I'm so tired all the time because I think I'm obviously taking on everything else, everyone else's stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Try out different practices, make it like an experiment mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, I'm just try a bunch of different things and see what makes me feel better. And even letting your friends know that sometimes there have to be boundaries and that it also doesn't make you a bad friend if you can't fully hold space because people have lots of friends, you know, and people kind of have friends who are for different things. You might be the person that one person comes and talks to, and then another friend talks to someone else. And that's okay. I think that we have to let go of that guilt because that's a huge part of the Libra path too, is letting go of feeling bad for not being able to be this ideal friend who can do it all, but no one can do it all. Mm -hmm. We have to take that pressure off of ourselves. I have a question. So sisters, I know this is audio. So Maddie's chart was, it's a circle. There was a lot more balanced activity. My chart is a lot more left leaning. Like there's a lot of activity on the left side. And then there's a slew of four houses that are totally empty in a row. What does that mean? Because you mentioned that Maddie's was balanced, but what would this mean for me? That you're off balance. (laughs) Yeah. No, it means that there's more of a focus in different areas of your life. So Maddie's was very balanced in terms of like, there's kind of a little everywhere. Like 
And, and to some people, they might be like, well, Maddie's totally scattered, right? Like we could look at, you could just use different language. It doesn't mean that one's negative or one's positive. It just means that your soul said, okay, there's this piece here. So this quadrant, this actually represents a lot of public facing things. So this doesn't mean that you're necessarily the person in the public, but that you're somehow working with the public, which is exactly what you do. I mean, you run a public relations. It's literally in your title, public relations. Yeah. <laughs> so the 10th house is very deeply tied to career. So this is a big emphasis for what you wanted to come into this life for. The 11th house is about fame and about press literally and about being known it's also about working together for a cause so it's like how is it that we all do something to help humanity be lifted up and to grow and we do so in a way that's international so we're not just here in san diego but we're here in we're in japan and we're in south africa and we're talking to canada like we're all over the world right and then the 12th house is when we say okay and now we've taken all of those things that we've learned from being kind of you know, either seen in our careers or seen around the world. And now we say the 12th house is how do we then be seen by the highest of power with God mm. or with the other side of the veil? So it, it stretches. These, this last quadrant is really all about stretching our limits and stretching ourselves career-wise, friendship-wise, being seen, being known, um, and then our connection to the higher powers. And then also you have this first house. So there's this piece that also is about you really learning yourself. Now, this Mars in the first house can also show if there's ever either, it can kind of go two ways. One is that there's that you're very, very active, like being an athlete, or the other could be that there's something about like some type of body issues, whether you've been injured or maybe like a body dysmorphia sometimes even. Um, are there any of those types of She's things? She's not an athlete. <laughs> She's the opposite of that. I guess, but, but no, but I guess you've done, or you could speak about this, but body dysmorphia, I feel like I experienced that more than you. Mm, I think I've had body issues, like uh, sexual shame and paranoia around the safety of my body through psychosis yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that would definitely make sense because it's anything about you know, that like you imagine this Mars, it's like you have a soldier that's tied to your body. So it's somehow like either we're going, we're working out hard, or there's some type of battle with your body, or that would make sense too of like, I have to be guarded. I have to protect my body. Mm. Yeah. And then when you have this slew of planets over here, this is the fourth house. So this is also saying that you too love to be home. Yeah. You love working. You love being you know, super cozy. I see like even the chairs you guys are sitting in look really cozy. Like everything is about how is it that we can feel good. So each house has an original energy and the original energy of this house is the cancer house. So you guys really do fit well in this like crab cancer shell together because you both have a lot of this energy where Maddie literally is the cancer sun and moon. And then you have all of this energy within this house here. So because you guys have the oppositions of houses, you you're both in, it's kind of like you both have the same type of energy because scouts is the Capricorn moon, but it's in the cancer house. So it's like, you're the Capricorn sitting there in the house of cancer. Like the house of cancer would be the most like plush, like there's, you know, delicious food everywhere and all of these, you know, velvet 
pillows and blankets and like a weighted blanket and everything just feels so good. And there's like an aquarium on the wall because cancer loves like the sea. And then a Capricorn house is like this really beautiful, stylish office, but it also feels like home. And so Maddie's moon is that cancer moon, but in the Capricorn house. So you guys have these. Oh, so wait, wait. Her cancer moon is in the Capricorn house and my Capricorn moon is in the cancer house? Exactly. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. She doesn't get it. Yeah. I know. I get, of course I get it. But I like the, I want to be in the cancer house more. You don't want to be in my house? No, I, no, I don't, I don't want to be in like the trendy office. I want to be in the cozy house. Well, you're in the trendy office right now. You're in my office. <laughs> I, I'm aware of that, but she's uh, fighting. She's I'm, fighting. I'm fighting my, uh, my internal makeup. <laughs> no, but I think that's interesting because I, I don't think for some reason, I don't actually think you're supposed to be in the Capricorn house and I'm not supposed to be in the cancer house if we were individuals, but because we're sisters and we're obviously very aligned on this path and we're supposed to be doing life together, mm. we have these things that mix match so that we can function within together. the others. Like I can function, like if you bought a house today, I could be there forever and love it. And if I, you, I just bought my house, you love it. You could come over and be there. So we can be in each other's houses. It's not our preferred house necessarily, but it's like that meshing. It, it, it's like the, the connection. Like we both have a little bit of that in us, if that makes sense. Right, Natalie? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Oh, that's not a coincidence. Splendid. That's not a coincidence in my mind. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know we're we're. <laughs> wow. We we've been hitting the, like a lot in this whole hour, but I do want to touch a little bit on sisterly relationship as it as it relates to astrology. So, like, what are you seeing? I know we just talked about you know that switch, but what else are you seeing in the sister relationship, and like why? Why is it because we're related that this is the way the the patterns have fallen? Mm -hmm. I love that question. Well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's because you're related that this is this, Mm -hmm. but there is this whole kind of theme and belief that we, we choose our family and that a lot of times we kind of travel with this soul family of, okay, in this lifetime, you're going to be my sister. And maybe in another lifetime, we've been something else before, but the chart can show us what in this lifetime you came here to either learn or to help each other to do. So something really beautiful that you guys have, and this is really funny because both of, so the MC point here, the MC is the point of career in the sky. And so if we look at both of your MCs, so Scouts is in Cancer. So Scout, you have more of that maternal energy because you're able to be more nurturing. That's also where and why it's very so important for you to have boundaries because you definitely take on people's stuff because that's what moms do, right? Like no matter what, there's that umbilical cord. Even once it cut off, like it's still kind of there. And so you have this ability to do that. And your MC and your South Node, so your past life, it's almost like the work that you do probably comes very, very naturally to you. Like you don't even have to try or think so hard about it. You're just like, this is literally second nature. These aspects sit directly on Maddie's son. So you might be helping her with her career or advising her or in some way giving some type of showing the light, guiding the way, being this literally mom to be like, here's what you do. Here's how I'm going to help you to shine. 
because then Maddie's son is on this and that's how Maddie gets to shine. But also Maddie, you shine your light. So it's, it's not always just like, I'm only giving this to you. Maddie, you shine light and you bring this sun, this happiness, this exuberance also into what Scout is teaching and just into her presence as well. Yep. That's- we literally just talked about this last week. Like there, our relationship feels a lot like a mother more maternal relationship where I go to her for advice and things like this and then I'm usually the one who's who's typically the like happy positive person or like force in our family and we're Um, we're talking about the shadow side of that dynamic and how sometimes it doesn't serve each of us like literally on last episode if the sisters are in the patreon they heard us talking about how I don't necessarily want to be Maddie's mom all the time. Like I would like to lean on her at times and maybe that'll happen when Maddie's maternal expression becomes unlocked when she gets her first bleed. Um, But it's true. Like what you just read in the chart is exactly our dynamic. And I think it's a beautiful dynamic and we're trying to figure out how we can be in it in a really healthy, supportive way for both of us. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, here's another thing that's interesting is I looked at both of your, the moons in a different, um, a different house system, which is called Placidus, which makes the moons different. But then when I pull it in this chart, Maddie's moon is actually not in that Capricorn house. So what you were saying about like, I don't want to sit in the trendy office, yours would actually be in the third house, which is about communication and friends and being this kind of socialite type of person like bouncing all over having a lot of different groups new ideas all the time obsessed with learning maybe obsessed with like doing something new and so that's where there can be this unalignment at times because and this would make so much sense for literally what you're saying right now because scout you have that maternal ability it's like you're the mom and the dad like you are both polarities of i can hold space i can teach you how to work and how to do this thing and i can be your mom and then maddie is like this is like the child kind of that's like i want to have fun i want to learn i want to express and so you're not actually in that house when we put it into this system and that's why i love astrology is because there's so many different systems where it's going to give us different looks it's like we're putting on different sunglasses different lenses we can see through different perspectives and so i do think that once you have this art lead that we're all waiting for it is going to be this big internal change but you are always going to have this energy that will be very youthful and that it's going to continue to learn but that it's a big part for you once you have this momentum, once you really are in the Saturn return, something will open and it's a part of your journey to learn how to be more nurturing, to be more maternal. And there will be situations in your life where I just feel like I have this strong feeling for you that it's just going to happen. It's just going to crack, like something's going to happen one day because you also have your rising is Taurus, which is also extremely maternal. So there is this block that's waiting to be unlocked, really. And and that's going to be the shift. And she will be able to hold space for you. Absolutely, Scout. <laughs> it's it's going to happen. Because the thing here, too, is that you guys have the, the combination that you've done this before. Like, you guys have known each other. You're not just sisters in this lifetime. Like, you've traveled together for many lifetimes. You're just trying on different outfits in this lifetime of, like, this is who I am here now. This is who I am here now. And you can shape shift. That's the beautiful thing. If you're like, I really want to work on being more nurturing or being more of 
um, an emotionally intelligent listener or whatever it might be, then that's where you can realize these things. Now, the other piece of this that's really interesting when I was looking at your guys' charts before is that you have another opposition, which is this Mercury to Saturn. So sometimes, and so Scout's Mercury is here in Virgo and where it's very sensitive. It's also very analytical. Um, it's thinking all the time and it's in an opposition to Maddie's Saturn. And so this can actually sometimes make you, Maddie, sometimes very diplomatic too, or maybe more forceful with the way that you say things or speak things. And so there's this sensitivity that Scout has that could also be this like buildup. And then all of a sudden there's like an explosion and it's like, oh my God, you said or you did this. And, and I didn't see it. And then Maddie's like, wait, what? And so I didn't know that I did that or I didn't see it coming. So that's a part of that too for you guys to work on is just really knowing what does the other person need in communication so that people aren't getting hurt. Yeah, um, Natalie, you're literally like just saying exactly what we said in the last episode. Like, because Natalie, this whole month is we're having different spiritual leader uh, readers uh, come on and give us a reading on who we are separately and who we are together. And truly, these bigger overarching themes are coming through. Right, the communication. In, in the communication the mother dynamic, the fact that Maddie's going to have an emotional block be completely released. Like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. It's pretty consistent. It's which pretty is, consistent. Which is wild. Yeah. Oh my wow. God. This was so informative and I'm just like in awe. I think astrology, at least for me, I've always, I've just never been informed about it or educated on it. And I'm really, I'm really loving the like recent, upsurge of it or interest within it because again I really love the thought of having a blueprint or having some sort of like you know patterns that we can at least uh you know move through our days or even years and have some sort of direction like it gives such a beautiful direction and in a in a world where I've been feeling very directionless and very hopeless in some areas of my life like to have this as like a blueprint it's just an amazing it's like it's like a little like security blanket almost yeah me and Mads were also talking about how you know in therapy the therapist, you have to divulge things for the therapist to then create predictions about your life and why you are the way you are. But when you take something like this, like you show this to me, okay, I know that the Libra stuff in me is the stuff I have to work on when it comes to relationships and boundaries and feelings. Maddie knows that there is an emotional blog that she needs to work on. We need to work on our communication. This is like, it's just a quick starting point for you to really dive deep into who you are and either what you want to become, what you want to work on, you know, you take what you want. So this was, you're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. Can you tell everybody, I know you have a podcast, obviously I know you have a podcast. Um, <laughs> can you tell everybody where they can find you and where, how they can work with you if they are interested in learning more about their astrological chart? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. So my Instagram is where I'm really active. It's rise with Natalie. Um, my website is risewithnatalie.com and I am going to be launching an astrology level two that's going to be a live class where you can learn how to do 
readings like this for relationships. You learn about aspect. There's so many pieces. And then there's also going to be an astrology mastermind coming up where you don't have to have done any other levels, but we're going to go into how do you look at your prosperity? How do you look at your purpose? And how do you look at the practicality of all of it? Of How do we then put this into real life? Because you can learn astrology, but then you're like, okay, well now what? And, and that's what sometimes irks me when I see astrologers just like, oh, well, this sucks, you know? And it's like, well, no, we can actually do something about it. And the final thing that's very exciting that is going to be launching soon is there's going to be a live astrology camp, which is an astrology retreat for you to come in person to meet other people. It's going to be here in Asheville, North Carolina, because we're in the woods. And this is like camp vibes times a million um, to learn about that and to bond with other people and also just have fun learning astrology and learning about yourself. Mm. Oh, Let's I go to astrology it. camp. That sounds so fun. That does sound fun. I do actually have to come out to Asheville. That is on my list of things to do. Yes. Okay, love. Thank you so much. This was amazing. Sisters, you know where to find Natalie and you know where to find us at OKSIS Podcast. We love you. Love you. Hi. Woo. Oh. Woo. Oh. <laughs> I just, literally I'm had a moment a where woo. I was like, are we recording? We're I'm, recording. I'm doing a little woo. Sisters, we just had a whole, I mean, you just listened to that episode. That was so much information that me and Mads, yes, debriefed it on Patreon. Join our patreon.com slash podcast. And, and, you know, actually, this is, okay, I'm going to give a little spoiler alert and for, okay. the, for the Patreon, a little sneak peek Let for you guess. all. Let me guess what it is. Um, So, obviously, as you just heard, Natalie talked about, like, past lives, current lives, li- uh, other lives, I don't know. And we... We pondered, we we posed the question to one another, what we thought what we thought we were in a past life. And I but said, as a relationship to one another. No, no, no. Let them go on Patreon and you will see you will see what my answer let's was. Let's just say vaguely that my answer was heartfelt and real and Maddie thought that I was <laughs> Don't I just have to say this one thing. Maddie thought that I was a blacksmith <laughs> in a past life. <laughs> Yeah, but it gets better if you listen to the Patreon because then she says who she thinks she is and it's not a fucking blacksmith. Let's put it that way. So anyways. Whenever I think of past lives, I just think of like... She thinks of like Game of Thrones. She like thinks of Game of Thrones. I think of Game of Thrones. So anyways. Anyways. Uh, Yeah, so go listen to Patreon for us to debrief. We, We just kind of like word vomited all of our feelings and what we what we just went through with and Natalie. some of the similarities that we found in last week's episode yeah. with zoe greco's to this week's which i think yes. is really really interesting. we're learning so much also r.i.p to my hair i'm looking out the window and it's pouring rain also, okay r.i.p to me because maddie's sleeping at my house all week and i can already sense the energetic hangover that i'm about to have in well, a couple I days i asked you i said Let's get Thai food and watch a Nancy Myers movie. And you said, and you you vetoed both of those things. No, no, no. I vetoed the fucking Thai food, not the movie. Okay, but the Thai food is like paramount to the experience. Listen, I come first here. Do you have an umbrella? It's pouring. <laughs> I have it in my car. <laughs> You're going out and getting it. You don't, your hair doesn't matter. Look at my hair. It looks beautiful. <laughs> Okay, sisters, that's our cue to get the fuck out of here. We will see you next episode. Goodbye.